you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 85 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, Bob Chichinsky, with my good, good friend, Dog Bark 24 Dog, how are you doing this week, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing fantastic, as a matter of fact, because we are recording here on uh, Ascending Tide. Yeah, Ascending Tide release day um march 14th and uh we have experienced both new dungeons uh it's fantastic wearing titles on characters that did not earn those achievements so you know (laughs) account wide achievements are here things are fantastic we're loving life and we are here to talk about um one of our favorite things ever patch notes we get four patch notes episodes a year and uh we're super excited for them and actually we're turning this patch notes episode into a special one we're gonna make it a two-parter because uh there's just there's so much and uh there's like a bunch of like all the new content information and then there's so much that they did like sets and uh uh skills and everything with that that uh got hybridized and stuff so we're going to kind of break it into two little things. Still going to get it out, both of them out to you uh, this week for your listening pleasure, but you could take them at your leisure. So there you go. You got that going for you. So you guys are going to have a great week. New DLC, new Red Diamond Courier. It was just Tales, Tamriel's 300th episode. I mean, there's just all kinds of awesome Elder Scrolls stuff going on right now. Um, and uh yeah let's just get right into it dog what other elder scrolls stuff is gonna be happening here soon what kind of news do we got all right well we have the jester's festival and it's coming soon to a tamriel near you oh yeah time to throw some Uh, pies and (laughs) uh some pet some pink petals yeah right that's the jester's festival one yeah you gotta the grumps, you gotta cheer them up. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there a pig one too? Don't you steal somebody's pig? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Princess. Uh, <laughs> you gotta go save Princess for uh, the good old EP King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, what other faction's ruler would be in love with pig? <laughs> I'm just saying. Definitely King Yorn, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, Jester's Festival is coming. Um, double XP, super awesome. There's uh, some great, you know, recipes you get from it. Well, dubious Cameron Throne at the very least. Still staple for stamina builds, you know, that's really good. And, I mean... Lots of other cool little dailies and stuff that are going to be there. I believe they they brought new quests this time, right, dog? I I don't know. I don't, there I hasn't been like a new uh thing out for it yet. So yeah, well, I, re- I just remember like people were talking about it when it came to PTS recently. Like, oh, 
some new gestures festival stuff but yeah we'll have to see we'll have to see so uh yeah as far as the news not much but uh definitely guys keep your eyes peeled for that you're gonna want to really take advantage of that double xp because in this early time of the year we don't get as much as in the end of the year we get end of the year is just like boom double xp all the time in the beginning of the year you got the anniversary fest which is coming you know next month and then we got the gestures festival so you really got to take advantage of it so after the news as always we like to get into our pvp discussion and with the patch notes coming out this week we've uh taken the you know sections that deal with pvp and brought them into this nice little area where we're going to talk about them all together and then we're going to give you the scores because we missed them last time and uh there's some there's some good ones out there right now so anyways let's get started right off dogged some pvp patch notes man something uh i know you're very excited about bgs now have multiple game types once again and uh you can confirm this correct yeah, I uh, that was the first thing that I did. I played like three battlegrounds. I got a ball game, a deathmatch, and a capture the flag game. A capture the relic was the first one. Yeah. So, wow, the trifecta. Yeah, I, I was able to get one of each, so that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, no doubt. Oh, I'm still getting notifications about this Griffin tweet that i tweeted did you guys know you could pet the griffin in the new dungeon okay <laughs> everyone loves it okay that's all i'm yeah. gonna say you yeah guys... i definitely didn't try to kill it yeah Dog I, I, I purposely pet it yeah that's what happened i purposely petted it and pointed out to the group that you could pet it <laughs> he was trying so hard to kill it he petted it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a reverse uh, stab Yes, but regardless of Griffins, it is amazing that uh, Battlegrounds are finally coming back around again and uh, got, you know, all the different game types going. I'm excited. I'm going to, I might, that might be what I go do after, after podcast tonight. Just queue for some Battlegrounds, get up in there, play some Capture the Relic, some, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't even, I don't even remember the game types because I haven't got to play them for a year. There's flag games and ball games. That's about all I got. Yeah, and deathmatch. All right. So what else do we got going on for PvP patch notes, my dude? All right. There's a new outfit style. It's the Dragon Guard Berserker armor. It actually looks pretty nice. Definitely has that Dragon Guard style to it. Yeah, I saw someone posting about that on Twitter recently, and it did look nice. I was like, that might be something I have to go get. Not gonna lie. Yeah, it's uh, available for purchase on associated Telvar merchants when you are at least Alliance rank 20. This unique armor visual gives these dedicated to PvP a new look that is solely acquired through PvP activity. So you have to PvP in order to get it because you have to get Telvar, which I guess you can actually do, you know, PvE in a PvP zone. But that's beside the point. Like you have to you survive in a PvP zone. That's the important part. Yeah, I mean, you also get Telvar through the dailies, but daily rewards. Yeah, it's only like 100. Yeah, I know, it's true. It would take a long time. 
Uh, your chance of obtaining one works similarly to that of obtaining a Nibbany's court style wizard style page. And so having a higher Telvar stone multiplier increases your chance of obtaining one of these new style pages. And then you can get both of those by using your key fragments in any district in the Imperial City. So there's two different ways you can do it. You can do it by Telvar merchants or you can spend your key fragments in any district. So oh, that's pretty nice. I guess yeah. that means key frags are about to go. Uh, their value is going through the roof. Probably. It's a good thing I've been holding on to like several thousand of them. Wait, so it's a style page though? I thought it was going to be like a costume, like the Arena Gladiator. No. Nope. It's a style oh. page. Which means you need to collect each piece individually. I'm not so happy about that one. Yeah. That just went from me imagining having to save like 50,000 Tovar or 100,000 to like, I don't even know. Like ungodly <laughs> amount. Well, here's kind of like a part that's either good or either bad. And it's to retain the prestige of this appearance that items attained for building this outfit cannot be traded. So that means that they it might be kind of like curated where you can't get doubles because you can't trade your doubles. So mm. maybe like, you know, you don't have to spend like an insane amount as long as you have like good RNG and they get one at a time. Right. So. Yeah. Some days my RNG is good. Some days it's poor. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, everyone, you'll have to keep your eyes out for that. If it's something you really want, you're going to have to go farm some Telvar, man. It's just how it goes. So uh, let's keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. We've got six new PVP sets. And three of them are from the Rewards of the Worthy, which you earn by, you know, going out, playing PvP, and scoring alliance points. First one, we've got Rallying Cry, and the five-piece reads, Well, Battle Spirit is active, which pretty much, like, when you're in Cyrodiil. Actually, do you get Battle Spirit for Battlegrounds too? Yep, and Imperial City. Anytime you PvP, you have yeah. the Battle Spirit passive. It gives it to you. It's part of the game. So, well, Battle Spirit is active. Critically healing yourself or an ally causes you and 11 other group members, up to 11, within 12 meters to gain 300 weapon and spell damage and 1650 critical resistance for 20 seconds. Each group member affected reduces the weapon and spell damage by 15 and the critical resistance by 83. So depending on the size of your group, that's like really, uh, really a tricky thing for sure. Cause I mean, the nice thing about being in a group is like, it's only going to hit your, your group, right? Yeah. It's not going to hit like a bunch you. of, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, if you have, like, a small group and you're playing PvP, like, four or five people, you know, like, you're sh you're the most you're going to get is five. So, I mean, you know, 15 times five, we're talking, like, 75. Weapon and spell damage lowered off uh, 300. I mean, I guess it's still almost a third. But, I don't know, I guess it really depends on the composition of your group. But it is definitely an interesting set. Yeah. Um, and 
Yeah, and you can also uh, use this set as like a back bar set. And even if you're solo, because you just have to critically heal yourself. And if you have a, you know, a heal that is like the heal over time that crit like can crit, like, then you're probably you'll probably get it. It definitely kind of depends on how often you crit, though. That's the only downside to having a, like a back bar only set. Yeah, very true. I feel on that. The uh, next set is Hewen Sunder. Uh, this one is when you deal damage with a heavy attack. You gain 1236 offensive penetration for each enemy within 8 meteors of your target for 10 seconds. This effect can occur once every 7 seconds. And this will be good for people that weave heavy attacks pretty frequently. I know that there's some people who do that with like their dual wield or their uh, two-hander. So I can, I can definitely see people using this set to their advantage. Yeah, I don't know. That one looks like really interesting to me. Just because it like gives you so much penetration. But and the fact that it can like you could keep a you know a hundred percent uptime on it. And it could like I don't know. Like I'm thinking of like a you know, Nightblade Bomber or something. And like running or like right before his thing procs. He gets, like, off a heavy attack. I don't know. I guess that's kind of hard to sneak in a heavy attack right before your bomb. Or maybe just, like, if you're on a Nightblade or someone running, like, proxy, that's kind of, like, helpful for it, you know? Like, when you're sh trying to, like, take out large groups is kind of what I'm thinking in PvP. Yeah, and you only need to hit, like, three people with this for it to kind of, like, off-balance uh, Spriggins, if you use Spriggins. Right, right, yeah. And next we have Enervating Aura, which is also a heavy set. This one's fifth piece says when you deal direct damage, you have a 10% chance to create an area under the target that detonates after one second. Applying Enervating Aura for 10 seconds to any enemies within 5 meters. Enervating Aura lowers the health recovery, magic recovery, and stamina recovery of enemy players hit by 129 per player hit. This effect can occur once every 15 seconds. So, yeah, even just reading through that, I was like, oh my god, I can't even keep track of what this set wants me to do to get it to proc or what it's gonna do. Yeah, so whenever you deal direct damage, uh, places an AoE under them. After one second, it blows up, and anybody gets hit loses their all their recoveries by 129 per enemy hit. So I definitely see bot groups using this because okay. a lot of people, you know, a lot of times you're like, everyone go get the bot group, and, and usually everybody dies trying to get the bot group. So five meters, like that, is so small. Yeah, but, you know, when you're chasing a ball group, like, in a, to in a tower and whatnot, like, you don't really need it to be that big, you know? I mean, I guess if you hit, like, 10 people with that, that's going to lower the recovery to almost zero for some people. Yeah, definitely. All right, next we have uh, three monster sets from the Imperial City. Uh, the first one is Nunatech from the Memorial District. 
Uh, this will add 1487 armor. And then its second piece reads, On dealing frost damage, create a 6 meter area under the target for 6 seconds, dealing frost damage to enemies every 1 second and applying a 25% snare for 4 seconds. On gaining 4 stacks, the enemy is immobilized and gains Major Birdo for 4 seconds, causing the target to take 20% increased crit damage. Uh, this effect can occur once every 15 seconds and scales off the higher of your weapon or spell damage. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, wasn't one of our, wasn't Rob in our guild looking for like some monster set that did ice things every like 20 seconds? Um, I don't, I don't know. I know he was looking for like frost damage sets. Yeah. So this so, might, this might be something that he might look into. Yeah, might go right with it, right up his alley. Um, that's an interesting set. I really do like how it gives a uh, major brittle, but I don't like how it's only for four seconds. However, you don't really see major brittle from a lot of things. So um you know that's cool especially you know like if you're a tank it you know procs extra damage so the next one we have is lady malvdga malidga lady malidga adds 1487 offensive penetration and then the two-piece, it's going to be when you deal direct damage to a target within 12 meters, create a 5-meter area that after one second quickly moves forward and then returns, dealing shock damage to enemies and applying minor innervation for 5 seconds, causing the target to deal 10% less critical damage. This effect can occur once every 15 seconds and scales off the higher of your weapon or spell damage. So that's pretty cool that it uh, scales can go higher. Um, I'm just like, I don't know. Anything that moves forward and returns in a five meter area is just right off the rip. Not going to see him enough for me. Yeah, it definitely kind of depends on how much that damage is. Because right. the debuff isn't really, you know, that great because not a lot of people go for crit builds inside of Cyrodiil, so. Yeah, not in this day and age. No one's trying to run crit builds in Cyrodiil. Yeah. All right, the uh, last monster set is uh, Baron Thirsk, and this is from the Nobles District. This one will add Sam and Magical Recovery. And its second piece reads, On dealing area direct damage, mark a target for 6 seconds. Every 2 seconds after, an explosive scamp is spawned nearby and detonates after 1 second. Dealing magic damage to up to 6 enemies within 4 meters. And applying minor timidity uh, for 10 seconds, draining 1 ultimate every 1.5 seconds. And then each explosive scamp spawn deals 100% increased damage. And this effect can occur once every 25 seconds and scales off your weapon or spell damage. This is definitely like the more interesting one of the three. Um, I think the hard part with this one is that uh, it might be a bit hard finding like something that does like area direct damage. Like there's definitely like options like 
Templar has jabs. Or Warden has their shulk. Or I guess they could also use like uh, Steel Tornado Execute type deal. You know, there's definitely like a few options out there. So it's an interesting set. Um, the debuff is kind of weird because it's uh, drain, it drains one ultimate every one and a half seconds. So for 10 seconds, it drains what? Like seven ultimate. So it, the, the ultimate drain on it isn't the greatest, but it is interesting. Yeah. Very, uh, uh, much like the other five piece sets, these are all very situational kind of things going on. Yeah, and that kind of wraps up our PvP oriented patch notes. Which, uh, you know, we know you're all dying to hear. And what I'm really dying for is to see like what is going to come from like this letter that Matt Fiber sent about PVP earlier in the year. And he's like, Oh, we're going to do these cool things for PVP guys. We're going to give you like cool weekend incentives and like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, all right, now the mid year is out of the way. Like, let's see within these next couple months, if you know, they're really going to hold true to that statement. I was, I, you know, I would hope so. Yeah, I uh, I could see like probably like the next uh, possible thing might be like late March, not late March. It's already March right now, uh, but maybe like late April. I think that's might be like the first opportunity that they might be able to do something. But I don't know. It kind of depends on like what kind of PVE oriented event that they throw in for April. Yeah, them and their good old PVE events. I we we enjoy them too. All right, so let's get into some scores here. First for PC and A, we've only got one day left. So by the time you're hearing this, these campaigns probably have come to fruition. But for now, we've had AD in the lead at ninety three point one, EP right behind him at ninety three k. And DC still hanging in there, 92.8k AP. So definitely, definitely some interesting stuff going on in there. I don't know who's going to hang on for the win. Hopefully DC could sneak up there and steal second at least. Then on the EU side of things, we've got DC leading. DC in the lead at 97.5k. Evanhart Pack behind them at 82.5k. And the All-Mary Dominion, unfortunately, in last at 78.1k. So, a little bit more spread out over there, no doubt. But still, some good competition. Yep, and there's only one day to, you know, see who can win. Especially, like, on the NA side of things. But uh, for Xbox NA, there's uh, 16 days left in these campaigns. And they these are also pretty close. We have EP in first with 41.6k, DC shortly behind with 41.5k, and AD in last with 41.1k. So only a, like a 500 point difference between first and last. So very close. Still half of a campaign left. So 
We'll see where that takes us. And then on Xbox EU, the scores are not as close apart. Uh, we have DC in the lead with the DC 69K. DC in the lead. Yeah. Uh, DC has 69K. Uh, EP is in second with 35K. And AD in last with the 33.6K. So DC has a pretty solid lead. Yeah, that's pretty much significant dominance right there. Yeah. So then for the PS4 NA side, or PS5, I guess you could say, we've got EP at 49K, AD at 40K, and Daggerfall Covenant at 37. And for the EU side of PlayStation, we've got EP in the lead over on both sides for PlayStation. That's crazy. 54K, Daggerfall Covenant in second, 36K. And AD right behind them at 35k. But it looks like the EP has got that one pretty much locked up at this point. With 20,000 point lead. Pretty strong. Yep, EP definitely has some pretty solid leads on PS4. PS5, PSN, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, all the all the PlayStation things. Alright, so with that, before we get into the rest of our uh, patch note information here. We wanted to take this little middle portion of our show to remind you all that we are part of the oh-so-wildly-popular Robots Radio Podcast Network, where uh, you can find all kinds of awesome shows about awesome stuff, and we really think you should go check it out. Have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture? Geography Arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons, inspirations, and even some minor analysis. Some may say analysis. Boo! Well, we're going to learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube. All right, all right. So, Dogathan, my dude, we've got two new Fantastic Dungeons. The Ascending Tide DLC is out. Um, as always, we don't totally go crazy in the dungeons, as the patch notes, uh, because we will have a dedicated episode for these dungeons later, but... There is some uh, cool stuff that we did want to make sure we mention, uh, including some achievement stuff and some of the more interesting dungeon sets that came out. So, uh, Dog, why don't you start it off for us? All right. Well, Ascending Tide brings us two new dungeons. This is the Coral Airy and Shipwright's Regret. Uh, there's some there's many achievements that uh, many achievement awards that include body and face markings. Two unique mementos, several titles, housing items, and the drowned cobalt dye, which is like a dark greenish, dark bluish color, depending on like what you use it on. The dye is okay; it's not one of my favorites, but I'm definitely more curious on what it would look like on Xbox because I have more outfits to choose from. 
Whereas this, the couple of costumes that I use it on, on uh PC, I just didn't like it on. So I liked the dye. Well, I mean like as much as I would like a dark green dye, cause I don't really like dark green. Well, even green that much, but I put it on my emperor's regalia and it looked pretty good. I found that it was so dark, it's almost comparable to black. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, look into that. Yeah, it was a good one. I don't know. I had it on for uh, our second runs there through the hard modes of those dungeons that were insane. Yeah, very insane. (laughs) So some of the uh, more interesting dungeon sets you could get out of these dungeons... Uh, the first one we have for you, out of the Coral Airy, you could get Griffin's Reprisal, which is the medium set, and its fifth piece reads, When you deal critical damage, you or an ally can activate Griffin's Reprisal on the enemy within the next eight seconds, causing a small Griffin to fly by and deal bleed damage over ten seconds to enemies within five meters. This effect can occur once every 20 seconds and scales off the higher of the synergy activators, weapon, or spell damage. So, only bad part right off the top is that it has a 20 second cooldown and you can only get it to happen every 10 seconds. So it's a 50% uptime. But, its damage is massive. And, uh... It scales off the, um, you know, higher weapon or spell damage from the activator. So uh, that's just awesome. Like, I don't know. I think this set could be, uh, especially since it scales off weapon or spell damage, it could be something that you see a lot of, like, different uh, magic players using, too. Yeah, plus it has a a griffin, right? Like, who's not going to want to use a set that has a griffin (laughs) flying around? Yeah, well, like I said, man, you could pet the griffin now. And uh, (laughs) now that you could pet him, you're going to want to have him with you at all times. (laughs) Yeah. All right, next up we have uh, Cargata. This is the monster set from the dungeon. The first one is going to add about 700 max uh, maximum magicka and maximum stamina. And then its second piece passive reads... uh, on dealing damage with a heavy attack, create a 6-meter whirlwind that slowly moves forward for 8 seconds, growing by 3 meters every 3 seconds. Uh, enemies within the whirlwind take shock damage and physical damage every second. Allies within the whirlwind reduce their magicka and stamina cost by 10%. This effect can occur once every 20 seconds, and the damage scales off the higher of your weapon and spell damage. The cooldown... Uh, between use of this is kind of long, but I can definitely see this set being maybe like meta for healers, especially in trials, because you're pretty much always standing behind like the DPS. So getting a heavy attack that kind of like walks into them is definitely something that's very manageable. So. Yeah, and Graham was saying he thought it would be good for tanks, too. Because, like, you're always standing in front of the DPS. They're behind the boss. So you get off a heavy attack and it just slowly goes through the boss and then into your allies. Yeah. And if, uh, you know, the tank and healer can time it right, like, 
that 20 second cooldown isn't so bad anymore. That's true. I mean, if you're dual, yeah, both going at it. Yeah. So, uh, from the other dungeon, Ship Rights Regret, we also have a couple. Uh, the first, we have Spriggan's Vigor. And for this one, when you deal crit damage, you are going to restore 100 stamina and gain a stack of wild growth for 5 seconds, increasing your max stamina by 222. This effect can stack up to 10 times and can occur once every half second. Now, this is definitely an interesting sustain set. Uh, very dependent on getting constant crits to keep it up. So, you're going to want to definitely have a high crit build. Of course, um, it's just like any time you deal crit damage, you restore 100 stamina. That's crazy. Yeah, and at max stacks, that's like a uh, 1,000 stamina. Yeah. Which, I mean, 1,000 isn't too much, but still, it's more than none. Yeah. All right, and uh, the next one is Nazare. This is also the monster set. and. This the first one's gonna add a uh, maximum health, and the second piece reads, uh, "When you use an ultimate ability, the closest six enemies within twelve meters have all major debuffs and minor debuffs applied to them, extended by one second per twenty ultimate sec spent." And then this effect will not apply to damage beams or damage tethers, and this effect can occur once every thirty seconds per target. So this set is interesting, kind of like in a trial setting, where you can have uh, debuffs like major and minor vulnerability and minor brittle uh, up at all times, as long as like you know several members are using the sponsor set, so that they can kind of like stack on stack on stack it. So definitely an interesting uh, set. Like how it's like this effect can occur once every 30 seconds per target. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm casting an ultimate ability every 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's Although... casting an ultimate every 30 seconds? <laughs> I mean, I think I can technically cast an ultimate like every 30 seconds what on like sweep? my Templar because of like how fast I, I get it. Yeah, you know, sweep costs like nothing. 70. Yeah, that's definitely nothing. I don't know, I guess, then technically you probably could do it in 30 seconds, but it's still pushing it. Yeah. But then at that point, like, I don't know, I I definitely feel like the timer of whatever debuff he had would have ran out by then, so. Yeah. Alright, so that is the uh, new sets and new kind of stuff coming out of the two new dungeons that we've got going you definitely want to get up in there and go check them out uh they're both really good the hard modes are intense they weren't too bad just on veteran without hard mode uh both stories were pretty good of course you know our boy zaji is back so you definitely got to go check him out. And I will definitely say it's going to be a great, great time. Go check those out. And uh, we're going to talk some about Update 33 now. And all the other cool little quality of life stuff that came out. 
First of all, the Deconstruction Assistant will be released on March 29th, which is the console DLC day. Um, so there you go. If you're one of those people who just has to break all their stuff down and not NPC it, uh, like I was for a time, then you won't have to go travel to your house or somewhere to do that. You just do it with your assistant. So that's pretty cool. And it works for all your group members too. Yep, and then uh, the multi-rider mounts will be released later on, too. My guess is that they'll probably be announced in, like, the April uh, Crown Store Showcase, or maybe even May. So. Yeah, they keep touting those things and pushing them back. I'm like, stop shoving in my face. <laughs> probably yeah. not even going to get it, but crap. Now I kind of want one just to have it. You know, it would be cool for, like... Um, like Cyrodiil yeah like a 60 mount speed you could just like bring your friend who has a really slow mount yeah that'd be pretty nice or like I said on Tails a freaking huge <laughs> mammoth mount where you could have 8 people all on the back of it now that is a group mount okay <laughs> plowing yeah. through the freaking door as a ram Using its tusks to destroy <laughs> the wood uh, door. That's awesome. Ah, we could dream. We could dream. So uh, we did get one huge, huge thing. We mentioned it earlier. Account-wide achievements are here. Uh, beginning with this update, most of your achievements will be tracked on an account-wide level instead of character-by-character -character basis. This means that an achievement you earn on one character will be shown as complete on all of your characters. It's freaking fantastic. You'll be able to purchase items and antiquity leads that require achievement completion. So as long as at least one character has completed that achievement, you're set. Titles are now camp-wide, which means any titles you've earned on any character... Uh, once you log into all of them and cycle through, you'll be able to use all of those titles on any character, which is why we're saying we're all of my characters are former emperors now, which uh, is something I strived for in Xbox and couldn't even pull off, even though I got like nine different former emperors all separately. Now PC, boom. They're all former emperors. I cannot wait to get this system on Xbox to see how much my achievement bars will be full because I played for like five years over there. I'm still on like a, not even full two years on PC. So note that while achievements may be account wide, some things that are commonly tracked via achievements are still tracked on an individual character basis. Uh, so I didn't really understand what that meant when they said it back then, but pretty much what it means is that you could still go into your character list on and look at your journal and your achievements. It looks almost exactly the same. Uh, everything is, there's some things that are still tracked, it's just specifically by character, um, cause like, okay, so take, like, we were talking about the, uh, like, Grotwood Adventure achievement or whatever, so you're going to need to do 40 quests in Grotwood. So if you've done 20 on one character, then you log into your other one that you've done 20 quests on, albeit if some are the same or not, it's going to complete that achievement. 
Um, so when you go look at that later, you're not going to see like, oh, this is how many I've done specifically for just this character. You're going to see this is how many all my characters have done. Like if you were looking at something where you hadn't completed it yet and it just put you close, you'd be like, well, I don't really know, you know, what was the difference. So uh, that was an interesting thing. And uh, they've clearly thought about it, it seems. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, was doing all my characters like, oh, I got a Gratwood adventure. Like I, I only need I think like fifteen quests, and I'll probably and I'm be like a Dominion hero. Like that's crazy, especially since on PC I don't think any character has actually done like any of the uh, zone story. So right, yeah. So it's definitely interesting, but there are going to be still some that are tracked by character, and those are going to be. Museum quest achievements, enchanting rune knowledge achievements, and the knowledge of runes in general. Motif crafting knowledge, lore books read, including in Eidetic Memory and Shalador's Library. Then Sky Shards obtained by a character. Public Dungeon Group event achievements. And Dragon Guard Sanctum daily achievements. Yeah, I think like the next thing that I hope that they add is that they uh like on like the map for everything, I hope that they add like how many quests there are like in each zone and like the uh map finder will help you guide you to like the last couple of quests that you're missing. Because I think this kind of like I don't know, I think this kind of like shows that like there's a lot more possible than like what we might have thought in like, you know, 2 years ago, you know. There's definitely a lot more that they can do, which is awesome. All right. Uh, next up, we have motif crafting knowledge and achievement links uh, to aid you in tracking which motifs your current character knows. We've added links for motif achievements to the lore book entries so you can jump from the achievement, which is now account wide, to the lore books, which is which are still tracked on a character by character basis. And this will be nice for uh, looking for what style pages I should search for, like in Guild Traders, and how close a, a certain style, and how close to finishing a certain style I am before buying, you know, a bunch of motifs, and searching everywhere to find like what DLC it is and all that. Um, the one thing that I don't really like about it is like it's not in number order; it's in alphabetical order. I definitely feel like it, it being in uh, number order would be nicer because, like, I kind of have, like, a general idea on, like, what DLC came out in what order. But I guess then again, you know, not everyone has that kind of knowledge. So I guess uh, you know, I definitely see why they did it that way. Yeah, it definitely, uh, I don't know. It still feels like a little confusing when I went to go look through it. Maybe it's because I was trying to look through it the old way. I didn't even realize it was uh, going to be um, alphabetical. I don't know. It's, it definitely always was weird, though, having to buy a release date because 
It's hard to remember after they put so much stuff out after so many years. All right, so continuing on, we've got some undaunted progression changes. And uh, as part of the account-wide achievements, they had to rebalance it because Undaunted used to get experience off of uh, the achievements. So now it is different and it's better. Don't worry. You don't have to worry. So going to go over this little table with you guys. It's going to get a little number heavy, so bear with me. Um, okay. Back in the day, you used to get 10 Undaunted for doing your daily delve. You still get 10 Undaunted for that. You used to get 10 to 30 Undaunted for dungeon achievements. Now you get none. So that, that's the big change that had to happen because they took uh, achievements and made them account-wide. Now, here's where things get new. Before, for the quest of the dungeon, you used to get nothing. Now you get 25. That's a lot. Now, before, for a normal pledge, you used to get 10. Now you get 25. That's a significant increase. Now, for the vet pledge, for the vet pledge, you used to get 20. Now you get 50. So... It's really getting up there. And these last three are all brand new. So for the vet hard mode pledge, the or and a normal or veteran trial quest all would have gave you nothing before. And now the vet hard mode pledge and the vet trial quest are giving a hundred where the uh normal trial quest is giving fifty. And uh, once again, this is for leveling up your Undaunted skill line, which has a bunch of awesome skills uh, that you're probably going to end up wanting. Yeah, um, honestly, like I thought this was going to be a bad change, and I was a bit worried because like getting Undaunted was already hard enough before, and it kind of sounded like they were going to make it even harder. But they definitely changed the new, the new system in a way that is still pretty good. And they definitely kind of encountered for like, oh, if you're gonna if you're someone who does like vet hard mode pledges on like the easy ones, like a lot of times like if you're like group doing it, you can get your vet hard mode, no death, speed run, all in like in one run. And that would give you like seventy to eighty undaunted. But now just doing, you know, the vet hard mode pledge, that's gonna give give you one hundred. So definitely kinda cool that they kind of thought of that. Um, the other thing that I find interesting is I wonder how, like, the trial quests work. Like, is this something where, like, do I get, like, 50 Undaunted whenever, whenever I complete the, uh, like, uh, the normal Cloud Rest, like, trial quest? Like, can I complete it, like, 10 times and get 500 Undaunted? Is it, like, the first time every week? Is it the first time ever? Like... Kind of curious on how that part works. All right. Uh, next up, we have the item set collection update. Uh, with this update, when you unlock any individual piece of a perfected item set, you will also automatically uh, unlock the same piece of its non-perfected counterpart. And yeah, I definitely like this change. This is stuff, definitely something that makes sense. 
especially after they made it so that you can mix and match perfected and non-perfected gear to be like the same thing. Except for obviously, you know, the, the perfected gear gives you the bonus of perfected, whereas if you have mix and match, it still does the non-perfected stuff. So, yeah, definitely a good change. Yeah, it was definitely a good change. Something that was definitely needed for, you know, people who do that kind of content a lot. And just, I mean, if you already got the better one, you shouldn't have to refarm the other one just to get it. Just have it for your collections. Yeah, I know that there's a few people who is like, I've never done NAS because like we've always done like, you know, vet VAS. Um, so there's a couple people that were just uh, doing NAS to fill out the sticker book. So kind of interesting, but yeah, now they don't have to do that. Although they were already finished it, so they wouldn't have to do that before. But, you know, now nobody has to do that. <laughs> uh, next up, we have a lot of new furnishings and like old first furnishings being traveled around. So it's a little bit of a lot. Um, first, with uh, update 33, it introduces a variety of new furnishings, including updates to the Mastercraft Mediator and his, and his assistant. Uh, Royalist Ahalalu, the Mastercraft Mediator, has seven new uh, furnishing plans available for purchase. And you ever uh, go buy any of his plans? No, I, I don't. I don't have that many rate vouchers. I'm not crazy rich in rate vouchers. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Some of them look really cool when I look at them, but they're all like take really complicated ingredients and stuff to like create the furnishing. Yeah, there's definitely, uh, if there's ever one that I haven't looked at them in a while, so if there's ever one that I do look at, I might, I might buy it, but I don't really look at, I don't really browse, uh, Realist's, uh, offers, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it was time for some new stuff. <laughs> Good old Rollis. Yep, and then, as usual, Rollis has also handed the prior set of furnishing plants over to his assistant. Frostina Curio, and these can now be purchased at the reduced price of 100 Rit Rogers. So, you know, uh, slacking off, you know, that that uh, saved me a couple of Rit Rogers, right? So, it's, it was my plan all along. Hey, man, there you go. You gotta have a plan. So, Faustina has bundled up the previous set of furnishing plans into a new Markarth furnishing folio, which you could purchase for 700 root vouchers. And additionally, Faustina now sells new Blackwood Journeyman and Master's Furnishers documents, which each contain random Leowin recipes found in Western Skyrim, similar to prior furnishers' documents. A new set of 20 Fargrave structural furnishing recipes can be found in Deadlands Reward Coffers, which can be attained by completing world bosses or delve bosses daily quests in Fargrave. These include a variety of walls and platforms, as well as a rope bridge, window, door with a matching door frame, and more. So, uh, yeah. Please note, of course, uh, this requires the Deadlands DLC or ESO Plus to access. So there you go. Yep, so I guess people are going to be doing Deadlands dailies again, at least for a little while. 
Yeah, it looks like it. All right, next up, uh, they move Nolan Sadis's uh, path so he doesn't interfere with players trying to turn in their crafting dailies. Uh, you can you can still keep stabbing him though, as is tradition. And yeah, so this will make all the people who craft in Leowin very happy. You know, possibly only for three months though, until you know they travel to whatever the next crafting hub is for the next uh, chapter. But they'll be very happy for like the next three months, right? Hopefully. Yeah, thank goodness it's about time. Finally got rid of him. I don't know how, like, who even okayed for that to be a thing when you're, like, checking out the new, you know, returning area, the new chapter, and just, like, they must have checked it out one time, and it was the time where the guy was walking away, because I don't know how you leave that there. But I'm excited I don't have to kill him anymore every morning, even though I do still clearly have the opportunity. You know what I think that they should do? What? I think they should green bar him and put him right next to this uh, crafting area turn in and have him sing some horrible song. Just some, just have him sing. Sing and annoy everybody and then make it so that, you know, you can't kill him because he's green barred. So, yeah, like that one guy that. in Eleanor and there's that other guy in Mournhold, right outside of the uh, bar. Very annoying. You can pickpocket that guy, but you can't kill him. Very frustrating. So, last couple little things here. Uh, the Master Rit Vendor will no longer be visible on the map if your character does not meet the requirements. Um, so, yeah, there's that. What is What are the requirements, dog? Um, Do you have any idea? I don't. Maybe you have to, to be, be a master like, crafter. You have to have like yeah. level fifty on like whatever stuff it is. I Maybe you have to be sense. just level fifty. I, yeah, like, I, don't, I know. don't know, right? Yeah, because I mean, I guess technically, I I have a master crafter, not nine trade or anything, but and they're like level thirty two or something, and they have level fifty alchemy, blacksmithing, clothing, enchanting, jewelry, and woodworking. So they, everything is 50, but they're not level 50. So, yeah. All right. Uh, next up, uh, bankers will no longer refuse to interact with wanted criminals because, you know, they finally realize that if they keep ignoring our service, then we're going to steal. We're going to rob from them. So they made a smart choice. Yeah, I, I would say it's a smart choice. They also made numerous optimizations to the different loading steps required to get you from selecting slash launching the game to being in-game, resulting in the whole process being much faster, except for today. Well, I think that's a bit different because that was like actually being in the game, whereas at least uh, from what I could tell, my uh, like getting into characters like was much faster from before, so... Although it's not like always bad, so it depends on right. if like they fix it. So like the like ten percent chance of it being bad is no longer bad. So and uh, lastly, they fix many more NPCs, harvest nodes, critters, books, and so on that were clipping, floating, sunken into the terrain, eaten by bears, or otherwise placed oddly. There was even a cat inside of a wall. 
that's not where they go. I wonder what was eaten by bears. That's that's what I wondered. I don't, I don't really care about the cat and the wall, but like, what was eaten by bears? That's that's what I want to know. Was it a rock? Was it a harvest node? Was it the spider? What is it? One of the weird crawler critters? Definitely interested. Yeah, you know, uh, that whatever NPC was just stuck in that loop of being eaten by a bear <laughs> over and over his whole life for the last five years, you know, he's been yeah. waiting for, uh, he's been waiting for that. So, or that critter crawler. Yeah. Or the maybe cat it was a cat. Walls. Maybe the cat was the one. It was in a wall, and it was in a bear's mouth. Cat's Very... wall is only going to remind me of the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where there's cats <laughs> in the wall. So, all right. Well, we're talking about real life stuff now, so we must be derailing. So, uh, perfect time for us to wrap uh, our first half of this patch notes a week. Uh, we've got all this great content in here talked about, and we've got plenty more to talk about uh, still coming. So that's exciting. But for now, you guys uh, can enjoy this and know that you now know all that you need to know about Update 33. And uh, if you're not excited yet, then I hope you are getting there because there's a lot to get you know your hands on with this update. Not just the two dungeons. So, uh, Dogged as always, thanks for joining me, man. Why don't you tell them where they can find us when we're not here on the podcast? All right. Well, you can find us on Twitter of the at Red Diamond Cast. You can also find us on Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. And then you can also find us on our ESO, PC, or Xbox Guild of Airs the Red Diamond, which you can join on the Robots Radio Discord found on robotsradio.net. <laughs> And if you check our show notes, you can find links to our merch store, our awesome sponsors, ESO-Hub.com, who includes us in their weekly news section and has all the ESO information you could ever want. And our music producer, Daniel Nisley, who, uh, you know, makes great music, and he'll help you out with that. So... There's all that kind of awesome stuff. And if you guys leave us a review on Spotify... Uh, five-star review, man. So we're still at 24. Okay, right, guys, 24 five-star ratings. We need some more. If we get up to 50, we'll do a giveaway. We'll give away some crown crates for y'all. So go make that happen, and uh, or give us a review on Apple Podcasts, leave some words, and we will shout you out to all the fans and let everyone know how much you love our show. So... Anyways, as always, I'm starting to ramble here at the end. Dogged, where can they find you? All right, you can find me on Xbox, Twitter, and ESOPC, all of at DogBar24. And for me, it's going to be Bob Chichinsky, wherever you can find me. Bob underscore Chichinsky for ESO, Twitter, and Twitch. And on Xbox, it's Bob Space Chichinsky. So once again, thank you guys for stopping in. Thank you for hanging out, Dogged. And uh, we hope you're enjoying the ascending tide. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side of the patch notes. Yep, see ya.
You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast. My name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. Arrgh.